Hey guys, welcome to the Hack and Go Rich podcast. My name is Bart Baggett. On my left or right, depending on where you're looking at this, is uh, I guess you have a lot of titles, Shaheen, but I think I would describe you as a turbo entrepreneur who has started many, many companies and he gives his sage advice on building everything from Amazon companies to books and movies. So you're in the right place if you, if you want to hack and get richer. How about that? Hack and get richer. I love it. I love it. So what are we going to talk about today, Bart, on this beautiful holiday, Halloween evening? What are the topics you want to cover? Well, I think most of our listeners are business owners or they're either aspiring to start a new business or get an additional revenue stream. And um, we're going to we're going to kick on a couple of successful people tonight. We'll talk a little bit about Jeff Bezos, Ryan Reynolds great article in the Wall Street Journal or any fair. Uh, but then we're gonna talk about customer service. I know that doesn't sound sexy. Um, but there's some lessons I've learned from some really, really smart people that I think would be very useful in applying to your business. Even if you're in a small business, you know, you're one or two man shop, there's some decisions you can make that would uh, keep and make you lots of money in the long run by exceptional customer service. And I think we saw that, you know, as Amazon rolled out the doors ago, there focus has always been on, Hey, what are you want to be happy? And, uh, it's taken them some good places. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, let's start off with a hack that I have. I'll tell you, if you guys are in any type of business, particularly an e-commerce business, and if you do not have VAs, virtual assistants working for you, now is a great time to get that going. And we teach how to do that. If you want to reach out to me, uh, we will include in the show notes our contact information. I've got a one-hour video that can explain all this stuff to you, and we'll let you have that for free. So reach out to us after the show, and we will let you know. But I'll tell you one of the hacks that I have. So my first most important hack is that I don't really deal with customer service, even from the very small things in my life to the very big things. At some point, I figure out, okay, a good way to do this is to figure out how much I charge per hour. And I did the math and my, my rate came out to something under like 2000 bucks an hour. So I figured, okay, anything less than 2000 bucks an hour, I can hire somebody else out to do it. Even if it's 1500 bucks an hour, if it's less than that, I'll hire somebody else out to do it. So if it's an attorney, great, I'll have them do it. If it's a lawyer, a doctor, whatever it is, whoever that person is, a handyman, which do usually these people are significantly less than what I bill out. I will have them do that. So it's a great way for you to figure out what your time is worth and to calculate that. Secondly, I love to delegate. I'm a really good delegator. I'm really crap at most things. I'm not highly skilled. I'm a terrible graphic artist. I'm great at design direction. I'm terrible at math. I'm terrible at accounting. I'm terrible at all these things. I've got three kinds of dyslexia, all kinds of learning disabilities, horrible at most things, but very good at managing and influencing people. So I love delegating and I have great virtual assistants that I've trained from ground up. Now what happens? All right. Anytime I've got something I need to return from one of these companies, that's not as easy as Amazon, by the way, guys buy your stuff on Amazon. We'll I'll explain to you why later, but they have one of the best return policies on earth. Should you need it? Bezos's theory that the customer should be able to handle all customer service issues or most of them. So they allow you to go on the back end of the website, figure out why you don't like something, send it back within reason, and they take it back. It's 
no hassle compared to stores. I can't believe there's stores that exist now, Bart, that still hassle people for returns. It's crazy. Best Buy being one of them. I'll mention that. I was there today and I was like, oh my God, there's still companies out here. Like that's a dinosaur. If I was a stock investor, by the way, I don't have a stake in Best Buy. I would short that stock. But with that said, here's what I do. My VAs handle all customer service issues. If it's a return, if it's booking a repairman to come to my house, if it's when we're having difficulty with one vendor or the other for one of my real estate properties, one of my e-commerce properties, dealing with Amazon, dealing with eBay, dealing with any of these, I don't call them. These are low-level activities that virtual assistants are very well equipped to handle for five bucks an hour to 10 bucks an hour, a qualified virtual assistant could handle this. Now, here's the second part of this, the hack that most people don't realize they can do. Escalate to a supervisor from the get-go. If you try once and don't get what you want, ask for a supervisor. It doesn't cost any more to get a supervisor. If you're making the call yourself, absolutely start with a supervisor. If your VA is doing it, teach them. Don't be scared. Talk to a supervisor. If they can't help you, ask for the supervisor's supervisor. And oftentimes, the supervisors believe that their time is more valuable than the agent's, so they'll just resolve your problem with no friction. So that's the first hack I would offer you. My favorite line, Bart, and I, I wonder what you think about this, of all time, this is my absolute favorite line from customer service people, is this. Sir, I can give you my supervisor, but they're just going to tell you what I just told you. What do you think when somebody tells you that part? I think that uh, I want to talk to the supervisor right now. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck are you not the supervisor? If that's the case, <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? What's their job? And you know what? I don't think one time I've spoken to the supervisor and they've told me the same thing of the robotaton on the phone. Even when you get somebody in Southeast Asia or the Philippines or India where they just say sir a million times, when you get the supervisor, you're in somebody who's incentivized to resolve your problem. Similarly, when you go out, you don't have to be a dick about it, but if you go to a restaurant and you're not happy, ask for the manager. You will be amazed at how far they will go out of their way to help you out. Smile, always smile, don't be aggressive. People are uncomfortable with tension. So it's not going to be to your advantage in these situations to create tension most of the time. So don't have tension, just smile. Maybe start out with a compliment. You know what, I know that the, the waiter is working their butt off tonight. I can see how busy you guys are and I just gotta tell you those bread rolls that you brought us were spectacular but we've been waiting 45 minutes for our food and I just wanted to know if there's anything you might be able to do for us. You will be shocked at how well serviced you get. The only problem is it takes a tiny bit of courage and the it's a very low stakes proposition. It costs nothing to do that. So get comfortable setting your employees, your assistants, your spouse, whoever you have, your children, whoever is dealing with these customer service issues, start at the top, go way, way up to the top. And, and then you can only go down from there. It's such a great, great tip. Uh, my dad and I, who's, who's in his eighties, 
we went into the Cadillac dealership this week because uh, we had some problems with some Cadillac tea leaves. Anyway, he just said, let me talk to the general manager. And she goes, what's this about? He goes, minutes. And, and they looked really confused. And uh, the assistant, the general manager came out and said, come on back with me. And she's like, you know, he's in a meeting. Maybe I can help you with something, you know. Um, and sure enough, we started at the top, Shaheen, got his assistant, his second in command. She diagnosed the problem and took us right over to the finance guy and right over to the people that could handle the problem of, of getting these, you know, these cars handled. That was a situation where they made an error at the, at the Cadillac dealership, but it was absolutely correct. We started at the top and then worked our way sideways with a hand introduction from the assistant. And you can do that. We did in person, but you can do it. Um, of course it's virtually. Second thing I want to say is that um, I, I've only had really one corporate job my whole life. I, I like you, have been an entrepreneur since early, like early 20s. But the one job I did have, I worked uh, for Steve Wynn, who you might know, he created the Mirage Casinos, and he was a very, very, very wealthy guy. And um, I was one of his management training programs. And one of the things that I learned as a management trainee at the Mirage when I was 21 or 20 was that no matter what happens, just make the customer happy. And this was hard for me. You know, I'm making, you know, 20 bucks an hour, 40,000 a year, whatever I was making. I didn't understand what it's like to pay $20,000 blackjack table. Like I personally couldn't conceive of that at my age, you know, someone spending four or 5,000 on a blackjack table. But the general rule in the, in the gaming world, especially in that casino, which I've taken into my business, Shaheen, was that whatever happens, make the customer happy. And then you'll have a customer for life because the long-term value of the customer is where, where you really want to, to put the position of it. And if you can empower your employees to make that customer happy without escalating it, now you've solved lots of problems. Uh, and so, for example, many times I watched and I witnessed uh, dealers making an error, cards falling over, drinks being spilled at a gaming table, right? And more times than not, the supervisor will come over and say, hey, what happened? Cool. Hey, listen, how about everyone at the table wins? And there was like, yay! And then everyone, whether they had $2 or, or, or $500, they won. But you know what they did? They stayed at the table for the next eight hours. And they played They played it. It was so logical. And then one time I, I saw and I went supervisor not make that decision which i know from the top because i was working with the executives their decision is always oh, they're happy whatever the, they let the supervisor make this decision just to pay everybody as long as they're happy especially if the mistake was was you know a, a genuine mistake that happened um the, the supervisor did not pay everybody when a drink spilled right he's like well i can't do that you know and what i noticed was it was a small table like maybe you know five or ten dollar gaming hands and that guy had put a lot of money on that one hand, but it was an unusual situation. And he didn't get paid. And he left unhappy that moment. And that guy would never come back in that casino, I promise you. Was that. And it wasn't even a big decision. You're talking about a $30, $300 decision. This is a casino. And I looked at the spreadsheets, Shaheen, and this is back in 2002 or three. They're making a million dollars a day to break even. Like I saw the spreadsheets, wow. catering, casino, million dollars a day just to break even. Wow. And yet this guy didn't have the understanding to give a customer $80. It made no sense to me. And so, so from the top, the management had the right answer, make everybody happy, do what you can do, but it doesn't always get down to the customer. And in my business, and I'll get it back to you, it, I have the same philosophy, just like with a lot of the, the e-myth and Gerber. I'm just like, hey, if it's a problem under $200, you can solve it.
Like, you know, there's a FedEx package, it's a refund, you want a cinnamon package, like you just solved the problem. And my team is empowered to not escalate it to me or a manager. They just solved the problem. And I think it just starts from the top of making sure that they realize that they have the power to say yes, make the customer happy, and don't worry about the ones or two people that take advantage of you. Do you agree? It's, it's philosophy is so important. Sometimes. So I'm going to push back on that. So I... Look, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Bezos, who we'll, we'll talk about shortly, but I think that he's kind of ruined customer service. Yes, they're the most customer-centric company on the planet, and Amazon really has, they've made the, the, the mark, set the level for customer service. However, I do believe that consumers get spoiled. I do believe that consumers can be unreasonable. So I'm going to share with you guys a hack. If you're an Amazon seller, if you're an e-commerce seller, and you're getting returns that you think might not be fair to you. We have an unlimited money back guarantee. For example, on our Sleep Doctor blue light blocking glasses. By the way, guys, check out sleepdoctorglasses.com and check out those beautiful glasses made by Dr. Bruce, Michael Bruce, America's sleep doctor, help you sleep better by helping your body naturally regulate your circadian rhythms. And if you wanna learn more about that, go to sleepdoctorglasses.com, the only place to get genuine sleep doctor glasses. But with our glasses, we offer a lifetime, break it, smash it, crash it, break a lens, whatever it is, guarantee where we will repair or replace it at no cost. Sometimes people are ridiculous, like the lens has popped out. And in those cases, I have somebody call them immediately and say, let me share a video with you about how to pop a lens back in. That solves 90% of the problems. And once again, the outsourced customer service agent as long as they have that training to explain to a guy that, dude, you can just pop those lenses back in. They could have been too hot or too cold. You could have spilled something on them. They could have fallen on the ground. If the lens pops out, you don't have to send it back. You can just plug it back in. In other cases, sometimes people are being ridiculous. And this is what I love to do. I call them on the phone. I know it's shocking. Me. The CEO, the president, the founder of the company, I will call them on the phone. Hi, Bart, how you doing? It's Shaheen with Sleep Doctor Glasses. I'm the CEO. How's it going? They, they, they almost spit up their lunch. Nobody calls anybody <laughs> anymore, much less the president of the company. I understand you're having some problems and you're distraught about our product. Yes. Can you tell me more about it? People get nervous. They want to get off right away. You would not believe how many times people tell me, oh, no, no, well, we've solved it. Somebody who wrote a raging complaint, which leads me to believe that sometimes the craziest of customers just need a little bit of love and attention. And if you can give that to them, well, then you're ahead of game. No, so you say, Shaheen, what about the ones that truly have a problem where the product broke and they have real legitimate issues? I just take care of them. I apologize profusely. I'm so sorry. That sucks that you drove over your glasses and they didn't stay intact. <laughs> Why don't you keep that pair? Let me send you another one at no charge. Is that okay with you, sir? And they will rave. They will be telling 50 people about the fact 
that the CEO called to take care of this issue. This, this is a person that goes from a lunatic customer who is absolutely infuriated, usually nothing to do with you or, or your company. They had a fight with the wife. They're unhappy with their life in general. There's all kinds of reasons. And then they come to these platforms, which is the only place that's giving them attention. And certain platforms like Amazon spoil them. I'm sure if we talked to Jeff Bezos, he would not disagree with the fact that the consumer has been spoiled. Now, Amazon doesn't care as much because they just end up dinging the third-party sellers maybe on their own products, but they're making so much money, it doesn't matter. And what most people don't understand is when you buy a product on Amazon, more times than not, you're buying from a third-party seller like our company rather than from Amazon directly. And we pay a fee to be able to sell on the Amazon platform. And so they charge us all kinds of fees to for the privilege of selling you the product on the Amazon platform. Now, when that happens and you return the product, Amazon still keeps some money. They just take the refund out of our money that's owed to us and they give it back to you. So for the end consumer, of course, they're, they're the most customer-centric com company in the world and it's, it's an easy equation. There's no skin off their back and it prompts and prods the sellers to perform better. And if you don't perform better and you have lots of return, it affects your metrics. But at the end of the day, I think that's a hack that anybody that's in the physical products business or in the services business can do, which is give people a call. You'll be shocked at the end result of what happens. And it's so easy. You don't have to do it for everyone. I know a lot of people are like, oh man, Shaheen, what about, you know, all these, uh, you know, if we're getting a lot of volume, a lot, you don't have to do it for everyone, but start doing it a little bit and it'll actually put you more in touch with your consumers. Would you agree, Bart? I do. I think the only uh, people that may be freaking out in this conversation or, or saying, wait, what about me is people that sell digital services, people that sell like I do digital books. I was one of the first ones selling PDF files and books in 2001, way before people were familiar with that. Um, I saw on one of uh, Tony Robbins uh, pitches the other day for this five or eight day, four or $5,000 course, he would give you money by guarantee if you stayed the first day. And at the end of that day, if you wanted your $5,000 back, you got it back. Keep the bonuses, like whatever. And that's a great offer. And I've always had the offer. And my staff is like, I can't believe you got these people and they're just scamming you. And they just, they, they read the book and they want their money back. I'm like, no problem, man. Just give their money back. And I do that trick sometimes too. I literally, especially because the products with my name on it, I'll call them and say, I understand you weren't happy with the product. You know, I, we're going to refund your money. Is there anything that we can do to make it better? And they feel so guilty. Because if they were trying to rob you, now they're literally called out because you called them. And obviously, your people can call them too. But you know what? The people that are stealing, either they need it because they're broke or or they're just struggling. Like, I get it. But, but there's not going to affect your bottom line. I look at refunds as a CEO as, hey, you gave me a short-term loan with no interest. You know, thank you. Oh, I borrowed your money for 60 days. You can have it back. And that's always worked well for us. And I don't think worrying about people stealing a PPP is a problem. It may be a problem if they're disseminating it, but most people aren't doing that. And the few people from other countries that may take advantage of you, just give it to them and feel sorry for them. They can't pay the $99. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think that's, that's true. I mean, but I think digital is the same. You know, you could do the same thing. Call them up. So let's, on that note, 
Um, take a peek here. What's going on in the news with our boy, Mr. Musk is in the news, crossing the $300 billion mark. And of course, Bezos is in the news. Two of the richest guys in the world. Who did you want to dig into? It's a lot of money. Let's dig into, uh, let's dig into Bezos today. I'm, I'm very interested in talking about that. Let me see if I can share my screen. Can you see my screen? Oh, there we go. It's asking me to allow my screen to Perfect. come in. And there we are. I think I can actually do one of these. So it, it looked like, and this is really interesting. This fact. Remember from the show got about how and famous out with wealthy and late to the hang out together because they're famous and they relate to them. So if you want to around people and Bart can speak to this being the author of Success Secrets Happy is that you in those circles have that being a part of that. Now, more important than that, look at, Bart, am I not audible? Uh, I can't understand you. You're very choppy, so perhaps the audience can't either. Ah, I hear you. When you start sharing your screen. Perfectly. Let's when you start sharing your screen, your audio minute. disappeared. Yeah. That's crazy. So I have no audio right now. Is that right? Now let's you're clear. wait one minute just, and see if it gets better. Screen, it was choppy. So in a little while. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos have a pick weekend off the coast of Turkey. They flew in uh, Bezos on a helicopter to Bill Gates' yacht. Remember, we talked about this, how rich you can be or you can have something super you hang out with you. So Think about the Look at this gasoline helicopter. Yes, uh, the rules don't apply to them. Outrage as Bill warriors, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. All right. So that what is the outrage? The outrage is that these guys yachts. The outrage is that took a helicopter to his yacht. This article looks to me like it's. Written by trolls and haters in the of ways. It's like I read this and I'm go guys. You know these guys have reached the pinnacle of success in our society. They're bringing about more jobs, creating more wealth, creating more millionaires and billionaires in the case Jeff Bezos and the people attitude like fuck. 
observe. Do you do? But I know you can speak to this. Being author of a book on wealth, uh, success secrets, is that what happens with the lifestyle or living and that's that sucks. Well, Shaheen, one of the the big issues, money blocks, as they call them in the kind of the coaching world, is that if somebody has anger and resentment at wealthy people, they have their own resistance to making the same decisions being wealthy. Like if you are so liberal in a, in a way that makes you want to tax the rich and hate the rich and blame people and, and punish and workers. If you have that, you're putting yourself in the box of I'm a have not. And, and so one of the things that, that I've, I've truly believe is people's belief systems about money, good or evil, the belief systems and the values dictate people's wealth, unless you're just a fourth or fifth generation kid or trust fund baby. Um, so any kind, if you find, if people find themselves resenting and in the way you approach that, you said, Hey, they've created so many jobs. They created this opportunity. They've created millionaires. They created this big, big thing, especially Microsoft that literally changed the way we do business. And he's being rewarded for that by being as rich the rest of his life. And for some reason, people get angry at that because they don't have that and they're struggling. So instead of saying, what can I create? And let's look at my choices over the last 30 years. And it wasn't so good to get a job and pay the tax, pay taxes for 30%. They don't have this core belief that says, you know what? I'm responsible for my life. If I'm not a billionaire, it's my own damn fault. If I'm not a millionaire, like what can I do differently? And I have the power to change it. If you don't think you have the power to change your financial life, you'll never take a step to changing your financial life. So, so when I hear that, I don't necessarily think liberal or conservative, but I do go, wow, that's really sad. That person is blaming other people for their own failure. They're not just celebrating saying, oh, good for him. I would love to be on that yacht with those guys. I love it, but I'm not in the club, Shaheen. I didn't do what I could have done to be a billionaire and take a helicopter. To you know what? I'm not angry at anyone but myself. I'm not angry at myself. I've done well. So I, I love the fact you brought that up because I thought the same thing when I saw the headline. I was like, oh, that is so politically motivated. Oh, what a barf. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, you know, these guys take a lot of heat. And I understand that they, they can get a lot of heat for being in the position that they're in. But on this show, we talk about hacks to entrepreneurship, hacks to success, and how you can think differently, as Steve Jobs would say. And, and truthfully, I, I really believe that you've got to embrace success. You have to embrace wealth and all its aspect. You don't know these guys. Get to know them. If you get an opportunity to get to know them and then you hate them and you think, oh, that guy's an asshole, great. Probably not going to be the case. Anybody who's had the discipline to get to that level, to get to be the top two wealthiest people in the world, the top 10 wealthiest people in the world, they're going to have something interesting about them. And this was one of the things we talk about my, my friend and author who's now deceased, Stuart Wilde, who wrote, the trick to money is having some. And Stuart had this amazing concept he called tea with Mussolini. And the concept was this. Can you put aside 
yourself, your projection of yourself, who you claim to be in the world for a minute and just have a cup of tea with a great dictator, somebody who's a horrible human being and not talk about politics. Have a tea with the worst, terrible, genocidal, maniacic dictator, serial killer, whatever you want to call them, and just have a cup of tea and try to understand a commonality that you have with that person. That person might be a terrible person. The exercise is in being able to suspend judgment because it may be to your benefit in some way. We talk about this often, how in our current society and the political climate and wokeness and cancel culture, that oftentimes things are not nuanced. It's killed nuance in conversation. So it's basically, are you this or are you that? Are you on our side or are you with them? And we lose so much in those shades of gray, which is really what make a self-reflective, sophisticated, deep level thinker that I think most people want to be. Alan Watts being a perfect example of it. I uh, bought that book, by the way, it arrived this week, the Alan Watts book, and I had never owned it. And if you don't have it, and you can explain it, I, it's downstairs where I go grab it. It's almost like a, a coloring book of quotes, and it's very weird. Like whoever designed it was clearly on acid about half the time. And it's such an interesting read because you just pick it up and you're like, huh, that's really fascinating. I, I just I just love that. Um, the Tea with Mussolini, I've never heard that. That's such a great way to look at it. Um, I just uh, love being around interesting people. I've always found that if you can get to the decision maker or the, or the company owner, they're just pleasant and smart and they paid their dues. But you know who's hard is the number two. The guy who wants to be there, the guy who hasn't achieved, the number two salesperson, the comic that's not quite there yet, the, the actor that is worried about you taking his role, that guy's a jerk. But the guy who already is a movie star and already is successful, you know, they're really, really pleasant. And a lot of people don't get around to getting to know celebrities or people that are really famous connecting personally. But it's it's the ones on the way up that are sometimes very territorial. But once they have it and, and they work for it, they feel secure, they're super pleasant. And I can name names, I'm not going to do that. But I feel the same way with you. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that part. Yeah, it, you know, look, at, at the end of the day, if you want to succeed, you have to feel like you are a part of that. You have to feel like you are a part of that financial success, that feeling of success that comes out there. And when you come in contact with people who've achieved that success, it's important that you can just hang and suspend judgment, suspend all these opinions of who you are. I know one of the most notorious for this are vegans. Oh my fucking God, vegans. So I was a vegan for a lot of years and I'm not proud of it. I think health-wise, not the best decision for me and I can, I can explain that later. Some people might argue with me. Now I do a much more paleo slash carnivore keto kind of diet. Um, and I'm not religious about it, but I, I do stick pretty sickly to my diet. But the one thing about vegans is they want everybody to fucking know that they're vegan and their lives revolve around this 
like structured identity that they've built around not eating meat. It's like, dude, it's great that you don't fucking eat meat. Just go hang with normal people. People eat meat. It's okay. Right? You might not think it's okay, but can you put that version of yourself aside for a, a minute for your own betterment? That's the idea. Well, I, I, I think this is why I've always had a problem with super religious people because it's so clearly defined of right and wrong, heaven and hell, you're with us, you're against us. It's, it's totally um, very much like that. But it's really not just religion. And I've come to realize that it's people like vegetarians, you know, liberals, Republicans, Democrats, like there's certain swaths of identities where people feel like, oh, if you're not one of me, you're against me. And the truth is it's incredibly subtle, you know, and, and one of my, one of my careers is I consult with attorneys and, and I, you know, you make all these attorneys jokes, but truthfully, the law is so gray, which is why we have the Supreme court. There is no clear, like you say, murder is wrong. Sure. But there is a whole lot of gray area of what defines that intent. And you go into the minutia and, you know, it's not a matter of poor ethics with attorneys. It's a matter of the law is really gray in different areas. And so when people have these strong belief systems to say, oh, if I'm a vegetarian and you're not, I don't like you, it's a very myopic way to be. And so I've always found to ask questions, to listen and find out what the root of that issue is, because I, it's very annoying for people to have such a black and white view of the world. And I, I can't uh, agree with you more as far as that. And that goes with everything, you know, politics and you know, everything going on in the world right now. There's a lot of conversation on both sides that need to happen. But I don't mind what you do, but don't tell me what to do. And I think maybe that's, that's kind of where we're landing on that one. Yeah. I, I, my point is this. Stop getting in your own fucking way by who you think you are. You are exactly where you are at this point in history, at this time in history, at this specific time and place for a reason. Because you've done what you've done to get to where you are. If you want to get somewhere different, achieve a higher level, you're going to have to fucking do something different. And that means that the, oh, it's not me, fuck you. It doesn't matter who you are. The you who you think you are, you need to shrink down, put aside your ego, and just be able to sit and have tea with Mussolini. That's what you need to do. You need to do something differently to get something different. And that is the problem that most people face. They have this whole impression about who I am. There's a, a great quote from that film with Will Smith. I believe it was called Hitch, where he's the dating doctor. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I did. I like that one. Yeah. And, you know, the guy, he's like, look, I want you to just, it was something like, I want you to walk up to this girl and say this. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's not really me. And he goes, you is a very fluid concept right now. <laughs> I thought that was one of the greatest lines of all history. Because what that means, and by the way, Will Smith being a, a, a giant amongst men, he's one of those guys who, you know, he's into personal development. He's into uh, making himself better, constantly improving himself. He constantly practices his craft. But not only that, he is a family man. He is a hardworking man. He hustles. Imagine all the stuff that that guy does. I have a lot of respect for that guy. 
but at the end of the day, his his movies are are spectacularly entertaining, and he's hugely successful. So are we going to hate on that guy? Are we going to be like, oh my God, look, yeah, that guy's got success? No. Why don't you want to hate on that guy? Because it will bring you down. Even if he espouses some principle that you believe at this point in your life you may or may not be against, it doesn't serve you to bring other people down. Focus on the stuff that makes you stronger, which is you know exactly one of the reasons where I, I just did this podcast out in Las Vegas, a great guy, and we'll, it'll air shortly. Uh, Brad Lee, who's a business coach and consultant. I like, I like and he Brad. He's got guys. a cool, cool podcast okay, yeah. in Vegas. And he, yeah, he's got a great podcast, and he works with guys like Grant Cardone and Ed Milet and a lot of these great influencers and people who've achieved uh, levels of success online. And we were talking about drugs and ayahuasca because he was talking about the herbal ecstasy story. And I say, look, I don't think as an entrepreneur doing drugs is something that will be to most people's benefits. And the reason why is I don't feel like it makes you into a better person. I don't. I don't believe that it makes you into a better person. I don't believe that it makes you into. So for those reasons, I don't know very many people who I think are better doing those drugs or become better entrepreneurs. Now, people argue that, hey, they've given me introspection. They've changed my life. I was addicted and I took ayahuasca and now I'm better. And I get that. And that's cool. And if that's the case, you're, you're probably the exception to the rule. But as far as just improving in business and becoming an entrepreneur, making an impact in that way, I'm not so sure that it's the thing that you need if you are trying to succeed in life. Well, I think most of the studies would say that really marijuana usage lowers your enthusiasm, your self-esteem, and your motivation. And those are things that you have to have if you're going to work 15 hours a day, you know, busting your butt. I, I read a tweet, which I don't know was true, of course, by, by Elon Musk, but the tweet said something in the amounts of, yeah, they're, they're impressed by my money, but they don't realize I've worked 15 hours a day, seven days a week for 35 years, which I totally believe. I think that's just worth it. Work ethic. You know, he didn't take his pedal off the gas. Um, so I agree with you completely on that one. I like that. I like that. So you wanted to share a story about our man here, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Great I found this article fascinating. I stopped and read the whole thing. And you know, I don't know him personally. I think we should have him on the show um, as, as we get around. What I liked about his story is, you know, he could have uh, been a successful actor and just kind of faded out. Right. Um, but what he did is he sat in, you know, his first year of college for 45 minutes and said, I'm moving to LA. This is not for me. Like he knew right away from his Canadian roots, he's going to make it, he's going to go to LA. And I've been in audition rooms and I've, we've lived in LA and we know the competition and to think that he talked his way into, you know, an improv troupe and talked his way into an agent is brilliant. And he got the first within the first year. He land a big TV pilot, which, which the odds are so stacked. So you're saying, okay, maybe he got lucky once. Right. But then as you go through and you look now, he's a business owner. He owns, he owns a gym company. He owns a telephone company. He's using all his power to really build it. He had the insight. I think he's like 45 or so to say in the article, it says, look, I won't always be 
a movie star. I won't always be marketable. Like what I've got to learn how to do business. And, and I think the turning point for him is that he failed miserably as in this movie called the green Lantern. um, not to confuse with the green Hornet, which I was technically in, but if you blink, you might miss me Shaheen because they cut most of that out back to the story is that the green Lantern was a disaster. And he's like, you know, if I don't take my own authorship, I think that was the word he used. If I don't begin to create my own projects and put my own unique brand, I'm just going to be a failed actor that didn't helm a movie. And so he had the rights to this film, which eventually became Deadpool. He wrote, rewrote it like 600 times, which I do not uh, disagree. I, I know writers have written screenplays and, and I think you have too. It's, it's a, it's a beast, but he reinvented himself after one of his biggest failures. And once he started doing that, he didn't just spend the money. He invested in phone company, invested in a gen. And now he's kind of a baller, man. Not only does people love him as a character, as a person, he's a great actor, a funny guest, but now he owns companies. So he's set for life because he took that extra step. And I also believe that he works 20, 40 hours a, a, a day as well. I think he has the same work ethic as we do. Yeah. Look, you have to be diversified when you're in that business. I don't know any actor and I know all kinds of actors from ones that have won Academy Awards to ones that are struggling to make it to ones that are in the middle of that area. And it's just like being a doctor or a lawyer. There's only so much of yourself that you can sell. So it's what we talk about, like what we talk about on my Amazon course, my Amazon mastery course, where we teach people how to create predictable recurring revenue on the Amazon stream. Uh, we talk about having those foundations. One of your foundations should be your career, something that you love, something that makes you money, that keeps diapers on the babies and shoes on your kids and food on the table. But with that said, you need to have another leg of the table that's an e-commerce business. That's why I recommend people sell on Amazon. We teach people how to do that. Reach out to us after. We'll share in the show notes, fbasellercourse.com if you're interested in that. The third leg is you should have something that's compounding interest. And the fourth leg uh, should really be something that is bringing in recurring revenue via real estate. So you should learn about cash flow positive real estate. I know you've been getting quite involved in that bar. You're buying up half of Texas. A lot of cowboys are coming after you now. And I think that's awesome. The areas around Austin now up and coming. Well, some people think they missed it and this is a bigger topic, but, but I think what, let me recap what you said is if you really want to have long term term success, which is true legacy wealth for your family and your, your kids, you do need to do more than a job. And I think the mistake a lot of people make, especially creative guys like artists and actors and musicians are like, once I hit this record, then I'll buy a house, then I'll invest in the stock market, then I'll take myself seriously. And that job sometimes never makes a million dollars a year. Yeah. If you get a number one record, but I know musicians that are just the most fat and they, they're working artists. You wouldn't know their names. But when you see them play, like, oh my God, this is amazing. They're working, they're making a hundred to hundred thousand a year, right? But they're waiting for the big splash before they invest in real estate and get a side hustle and get an Amazon business. And I love what you said, real estate, some kind of residual income, some kind of e-commerce business, and then this job that pays well that you love. But people stop there and they never learn to save or invest. Because I mean, once you start investing in real estate and having residual income and having, you know, real estate went up 28% in some markets. If you had a million dollars in real estate, 
you have a million two hundred eighty thousand this year. Like, boom. And if you didn't, you should feel pain that you lost two hundred eighty thousand in opportunity cost because you didn't have that real estate. You should feel that pain, man. I can't wait another decade because you know one day you wake up and you're like, man, where did all that money go? So that's a recap of what I think. Do your course again, um, Shaheen, because I love your sure. Amazon course. I think people should check it out. If anything, get the get the one hour course and see if you do want to be an Amazon seller. I think it's a great way to end the show. Yeah, guys, let's end the show there. So uh, go to fbasellercourse.com um, and reach out to me directly if you guys want. Go to shaheenshan.com. We will include that in the show notes as well. Uh, for all of you guys who are listening is www.fbasellercourse.com or www.shaahinchheyene.com. You can reach out to us there or through the contact us form. Reach out to me directly via email. Let me know you heard it on Hack and Grow Rich. And we will give you the $200 one-hour course for free, Bart. That is zero obligation. And Bart, tell us how we can get a hold of you. And if I want you to give me something for free, how do I get that? You know, I, I've given away my books for many, many years, even the older ones, because I believe that uh, belief systems and change can be so profoundly effective. So go to get Bart's book, G-E-T-B-A-R-T. Bart's book, no apostrophe, and download it for free. You know, get the magic question, get the rich and happy book. And if you like it, you know, follow our stuff. I think I think everybody's got gurus or people they follow and read, and we do too. And maybe uh, maybe you'll choose for me to be one of your teachers. I'd love to help help you re reprogram your brain to be a little more wealthy if I can. I love that, and I know Bart is an amazing coach. He's been coaching people for a long time, so he's not just a pretty face, guys. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. We need as many likes, comments. If you liked something that we said or disagreed with us, let us know in the comments below. If you'd like to get a hold of Bart or myself, let us know. Happy Halloween 2021. And we will catch you guys all on the next episode. Bart, thank you for being a part of this. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.